You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. A number of years ago, I was going to be taking part in my very first uh, time to run a 5K. And I wasn't much of a runner. I'm still not a runner. I don't run hardly at all now. I work out, use a lot of weights, do a lot of cardio type stuff that's not running. But but I do. Uh, I did want to run a 5K. I actually ended up doing several 5Ks. Uh, but... But when I my very first 5K, I just I got a lot of instruction, a lot of advice from friends who were runners who had run uh, 5Ks and much longer races um, before that. And uh, one of the things they told me was, you know, what you want to do is find somebody who is about the same fitness level as you and kind of pace yourself on them to get started and get a good pace on someone. Uh, let them set the pace and you just hang in there for a while and you'll be able to like this, you'll be able to do the whole, um, you know, three plus miles. That is a, a, the 5k. And I thought, great, I'll, I'll do that. And I got there and I judged kind of the people around. And I saw a gentleman who was, uh, probably about 20 years older than me. And I'm about 40 years old at the time. And he's probably at least 60. He's probably older, probably 65 or older. And I just made this, just judged him. I, I sized him up and was like, man, this guy, he's obviously a runner. I can tell by his body, how he's built. Uh, he just looks like he's a, he's a runner. He knows what he's doing, but he's 20, he's at least 20 years older than me. So I'm sure I can pace myself on him. Well, that judgment turned out to be really wrong and I could not hang with this guy. He was much faster paced and I was able to keep up with. So I had to change gears and change directions after just a short, uh, short while into the 5k. Um, thankfully I, I finished that 5k. Uh, if you listen to previous sermons, you know I've <laughs> I managed to sprint the very end of it and was exhausted. But but the thing was, they tell you, like we say to each other, don't judge a butch book by its cover, and that's exactly what I did. I judged this guy. Um, I, I saw his like his age and his how he was, and and I judged him a certain way. I judged like I can definitely keep up with this guy. He's not, he, you know, he's not going to be that fast, and I was wrong. And we've all heard that, right? And probably said, don't judge a book by the cover. And what we do it, why do we do it anyway? Well, Jesus says there's some things we're supposed to not do. And the question is, what do we do when we get tied up in those things anyway? What do we do when we get tied up in the nots? You know, sin not, worry not. Today, Jesus tells us, judge not. And we're going to look deeper at that from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. This is a passage that's often quoted and, and usually quoted as, a, as like a, a random saying of Jesus, don't judge, um, but not necessarily really looked at in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, which it is. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 contains this Sermon of Jesus, this famous sermon that we have now called the Sermon on the Mount. So today I want to take this approach and ask, what was Jesus really saying about judging others in the context of that sermon to those people on that hillside in the Galilee, and what does that mean for us? So Matthew 7, verse 1 says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The, the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. 
So Jesus says, don't judge for not to judge. And what do you do when you get tied up in that knot? Well, here's the big idea for our time together today. So I want to share that scripture. There'll be some other scriptures we look at. The big idea and then some thoughts on on the, on the big idea. And the big idea for us is this. Health and wholeness happen when we get our eyes off of others and focus on Jesus. We want health. We want to be we have we physical health. We 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 want to have we want mental health. We want healthy relationships. Uh, we want emotional health. We want wholeness. We want to be complete. We want that that those things that that just are missing in our life. That we want that filled. We want completeness, wholeness, and we want that health and wholeness. And the health and wholeness happen when we get our eyes off of others and come and focus on Jesus. So in the context of judge not, let's go a little deeper here. And so while we don't want to keep our eyes on others and focus on others, the truth is how we treat others matters. How we treat others matters. Now we say a lot here. Don't judge me, right? You've probably heard that. You've probably said that. You probably quoted it, said it on Facebook. Hey, don't judge me, but here's this, here's this. And I realized something during this whole season we're going through this, the COVID-19 era, the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic that we are in currently. Um, there's a lot of judging that goes on. Um, we, people are, are judged and when it comes to wearing face masks, especially, you know, this uh, protection for, for yourself or for others, depending on which way you look at it. And people are judging people for wearing a mask. Like you are, uh, you're just, you're just being controlled. You're super, you're scared. I'm at least I'm not as scared as you. And there's judging and shaming that goes with it. And on the other side, there's also folks who wear a mask and they're judging others for not wearing one. Well, you're endangering us. You are, you just, you don't care about other people because you're just, you're in the wearing this, just this, you refuse to wear a mask, and so there's judging going both ways. And we say, we are people who say, hey, don't judge, and yet we seem so quick to do that. Why? Why do we seem to be, to be so quick to judge those who do things differently than we do them? Or people who look different than us, or people who uh, come from a different place than us, people who speak differently than us. Why do we? Why are we so quick to judge? Especially when we say, "Don't judge me." Well, we begin with Jesus saying this today: "Don't judge others, and you will not be judged." Have you ever had somebody pull this scripture out and throw it at you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you'll say something, and you're you're not meaning to be judgmental. You're not you're not trying to. You just you know maybe you are, but maybe you just said something, and they go you know. Don't judge. The Bible says don't judge. Jesus says don't judge. And they kind of throw it at you like it's a, like a weapon, right? Like they pick it up like it's a heavy thing and just want to slam it with you. And and, and we do this. And, and I don't want to be guilty of that. And I pray that you don't either. But um, what we really need to understand is what, what is Jesus really saying here when he says judge not? So originally Matthew uh, in the Bible was written in Greek. And so for us to really kind of understand this, we I want to look at the Greek word judge when Jesus says judge not do not judge others you will not be judged and what does he really mean because sometimes the words lose something in the translation and so the Greek word that translates as judge is the word krino and krino actually has several different unique meanings and I want to look at briefly the th kind of three different meanings of the word krino and let's really try to understand what Jesus is saying to us well saying to his original hearers of the sermon and to us through this sermon on the mount in Titus chapter 3 verse 12 
and this is a letter in the New Testament, and the letter is kind of the end. It's kind of like the, the wrapping up of the letter. Uh, the writer says, As soon as I send Artemis and Tychius to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter here. Now that word decided is the is the word krino. It's like I have judged to winter here. I've made the judgment to winter. I've decided to, 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 to winter here. And what this word means in this context is to distinguish between choices, like to make a decision, to, make, to, to discern between two different choices. So is Jesus saying, when he says judge not, like don't be discerning? Is he saying don't don't make judgments. Don't make de- don't make decisions between two things. He's, he's like, well, don't make any decisions. No, obviously he he's not saying that. So we can you know he's we can take that that form of the word crino and go okay that that we understand what judging is in that way to judge between two things. And Jesus isn't saying don't do that. Don't make choices. Okay, he's not doing that. Now John eighteen thirty one is when Jesus is on trial. And he's before Pilate, the governor. And Pilate said, take him, take Jesus yourselves and judge him by your own law. Again, there's the word judge. It's the word crino. And it's this, and particularly in this use, it's a word that's used in a courtroom setting and applies a decree from the court. Uh, that, that a decree from the court is in order. And so we understand that, right? Because we know that a judgment happens in a courtroom. That's a particular type of judge. Uh, a, ju- a judge is even the name of the person that we th- that sits over the courtroom, right? And so this word credo, we understand that's it's it's a specific context here. And so Pilate says, "You take him. You decree. Uh, you make the the imply." Uh, 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 what decree is in order uh, with Jesus in this tent? So is Jesus saying, do away, with, do away with courts? Like don't, don't abide by court rulings. Don't take people to court. He's, no, he's not. He's not saying that. He's not saying don't, uh, don't go to court or don't, don't, uh, don't. Justice shouldn't be served. He's not. He's not in that context. But then there's another form of the word crino, that's I believe is the same form as what Jesus uses in Matthew 7. And in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, we read, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. And at at that time, each will receive his praise from God. Now, this is an important passage of Scripture to understand what it means to judge other people. Judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. So here the word crino, the word judge, is there, and it means to bring to light what is hidden in darkness and to expose the heart motives of other people. And who does this? In this passage of Scripture, in 1 Corinthians 4 or 5, it's God. It's, it's very evident. God is the one who does this. This is God's job. God brings to light what is hidden. He says, don't judge nothing before the appointed time. The appointed time is when the Lord comes, and he'll do it. He'll bring to light what is hidden in darkness, and he will expose the motives of men's hearts. It's not your job, so don't, don't do God's job for him, okay? This is the form, the same form of the word that Jesus is using in Matthew 7. Jesus is saying something profound about all the ways we compare ourselves to others and how we, how we define others. And when you, when you judge, really what, what the bottom line is, when you judge, you're attempting to raise yourself up by lowering another. When you judge someone else, you, it's an attempt to raise yourself up by lowering someone else. So when you judge someone, you're essentially, what you're doing is you're confusing action with identity. 
And it's not that actions don't matter. They do. But but we don't say that usually we don't say that thing they did was messed up. Instead, we say they are messed up. Like it's not like, you know, he did something and it was messed up or she did this and it, it was messed up. So he is messed up. She is messed up. Or, or, or kind of the language that we use more often than not. And, and it's as if to say they, at the very center of their being, are not good enough. They're not good. They're not good enough. And they are messed up. So when we judge this way, we draw conclusions about the identity of a person based on an act. Now, yes, actions do matter. But, but why do we draw these conclusions? Most often, most often it's to feel better about ourselves. It really is, and it may be a subconscious thing, but but it is. Most often, we we bring up about judgments about others that they're messed up to feel better about ourselves. Now, when we judge this way, we're actually assuming responsibility for evaluating the worth and value of another person, and that's God's alone, God's God's place alone, God's job, not mine, to evaluate the worth of another person. So judging is an attempt to do God's job, which which <laughs> we don't want to do. I don't want to do, and I pray you don't want to do God's job for him. And the Bible, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, the New Testament makes it clear we're not supposed to do God's job for him, which leads us to this next part in, in the sermon where Jesus talks about the speck and the plank, right? This is the, this is the part where we all get like, oh, the speck in the eye and the plank in the eye, and what's all this about? Um it's really kind of a joke. Uh, I always like look at this as as, a, as as Jesus is saying, "How can you, how can you say get the speck out of your eye when you got a plank in your own eye?" But boom, boom, you know, it's kind of you know. I think maybe the joke is lost to us in the twenty first century, but I think in the ancient times when Jesus is saying this, it's kind of this like, "Hey, how how could you see you know how can you see a speck in someone's eye? You got a plank in your own." Um, yeah. So here's here's where I want to go with this with this thought. Mind your business. Mind your bit first. First of all, mind your business first. Mind your business first. Now, I have a friend named Luba, and Luba's a bodybuilder, and she's a uh, incredible uh, um, determination and discipline to do what she does to, to not just work out and be strong and not like powerlifting, but but building muscle and cutting fat and just and and, and uh, competes in these you know uh, shows these competitions where you know these bodybuilders come up and they do poses and stuff and she's she's phenomenal she blows my mind um, how dedicated and uh, that she is to this but Luba gets a lot of uh, judgment thrown her way being a woman being a young woman who is a bodybuilder and sometimes she she gets she gets a lot of judgment thrown her way and she came up with this catchphrase now I've got some catchphrases you probably do too have a catchphrase or two things that you just say all the time they're kind of like things you're known for saying well one of the things that hurt hers is mind your business and drink your water I love that. Mind your business and drink your water. You know, if you you're working out or whatever, and somebody sees you and, and they make some kind of comment, um, and it's probably a comment that shouldn't be made, you can just say, "Mind your business and drink your water." You know, go do this. So, how do you go about minding your own business? Are we very good at that? Uh, I think a lot of times we we are good at minding our business, but minding everybody else's business too. And what we want to do is mind your business first. Because judging others is about control. Bottom line, it 
Judging others is about control. Keeping in mind, we, we all need correcting at times, okay? Constructive criticism can be extremely beneficial, but judging is an attempt to control someone through correcting, through criticizing, through shaming or ignoring or, or speaking against them. And shame doesn't work. Shame does not motivate towards transformation. Are you, are you tracking with me here? Shame does not motivate towards transformation. We get that, right? But why do we do it all the time? Why do we use shame to try uh, as, a, as a form of judgment the thinking that's going to motivate somebody towards transformation? It's not going to work. So because we're in this sermon, Sermon on the Mount, let's kind of look at the context where we find Jesus saying, do not judge others and you will not be judged. In uh, uh, Just a little bit before this, if we go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he gives this prayer that we've called the Lord's Prayer. So let's look at that real quick. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's saying in prayer, I acknowledge that there is a God. And there is, there is this Holy Spirit that's everywhere. Heaven is breaking into the here and now, and this is holy ground. That's what he's saying. Heaven is breaking into the here and now, and this is holy ground. So he continues, forgive us our debts. He's saying, I recognize God is the God of my past. Okay, I'm entrusting my past to God. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He says, I celebrate that God is the God of this present moment. This present moment, this day. He says, deliver us from evil. It's got the, the tense that it's written in, like that is to come. It delivers from evil. That is, you know, it, that is the coming. It's, it's like it's, it's saying, I trust that God has my plans for tomorrow in his hands. He's got my past. He's got my present moment. And he's got my plans for tomorrow in his hands. The Lord's prayer is deeply intimate. And Jesus invites us to live lives entrusted to God. That's the key. So, 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 so that we can live without fret and worry. Jesus invites us to peace. The Sermon on the Mount is, is inviting us to live entrusted to God so that we could live without fret, without worry, and, be, and, and have the peace that Jesus invites us to. Jesus invites us to live with a simple trust in God that we're going to be okay. Then he proceeds to teaching us about what happens when we fail to live entrusted to God. Worry, strife, anxiety is another thing, by the way, Jesus says not to do. Don't worry. Read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You'll see it's there. He says, worry not about these things. He says, store up treasures in heaven. Live entrusted to God. Therefore, don't worry about what you eat, you drink, or you wear. If you find yourself worrying about these things, you have not fully entrusted yourself to God. Who takes care of the birds and the flowers and can take care of you? So, so what does this have to do with judging others? What do the things that we're prone to worry about have to do with judging others? I think it has everything to do with it because this is about how we relate to God and how we relate to others. And judging others is about how we relate to others. The prayer is this, entrust all of life to God. Entrust yourself to God. Entrust others to God. Because if, if you don't entrust yourself to God, you'll be plagued by fret and worry and anxiety. And Jesus says, worry not. And if you don't entrust others to God, you'll be plagued by the desire to control them. And Jesus says, judge not. So bring our focus on Jesus, not on others, but on Jesus. Because focus on Jesus moves heaven to 
earth. God is in the movement business, and he invites us to join him in moving heaven to earth. Now, what does the movement of Jesus have to do with judging others? When we live entrusted to God, focused on Jesus, he empowers us to reveal the kingdom of heaven. This is it's another way of saying moving heaven to earth. He empower, When we live entrusted to God, focused on Jesus, he empowers us to move heaven to earth. Or as my good friend who's, who passed away a few years ago, Pastor Linville Arrington said, God's just giving heaven away and He and we get to help. <laughs> God is just, if, you're, if you look around, if you really just look around, God is giving heaven away, and we get to help. So as you live entrusted to God, you can become the kind of person who actually help people live entrusted to God themselves. That, that, is, that is Jesus. As Jesus says, then you will see clearly enough to help your friend deal with a speck of sawdust in their eye. First, you live entrusted to God. Mind your business first. Then you can help others live entrusted to God. It's not about judging the speck in somebody else. It's helping them live entrusted to God in such a way that that speck can be dealt with. It's bad enough when we're out here pointing specks in others' eyes with planks in our own. But is it any better to use don't judge as permission to not deal with our planks? It happens too often that that people have used this passage, don't judge, the Bible says don't judge, to stay happy with the plank in their eye. Even to go as far as say, only God can judge me. And I, it's been my experience that those who use the phrase, only God can judge me, are living in such a way that they don't believe that God really will judge them. So Jesus includes this warning. You will be judged by the same standard which you judge. Jesus doesn't teach do not judge as if to say everything is permissible. It doesn't matter what you do. He teaches do not judge so that we can stop comparing ourselves to others. Stop, <clears throat> excuse me, stop trying to control others so we can focus on him, focus on Jesus, and live lives that are entrusted to God. Do not judge doesn't mean everything's permissible. You can, it doesn't matter what you do. Do not judge means stop comparing yourself. Stop trying to control other people. It means focus on Jesus and live and trust it to Him. There's this passage of Scripture that I would love for you to read for yourself. I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase. It's Galatians 6, 1-5. through I would encourage you to get your Bible and read it in, in whatever translation or version you have. And just begin to... Meditate on this passage of Scripture, Galatians 6, 1-5. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of who you are, and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. So there's the warning. And the warning is this. When you set yourself up, you set yourself up. When you set yourself up over others as a judge, as, as a judge, as a comparison, as, a, as an attempt to control. When you set yourself up over others, you set yourself up for a fall. You set yourself up 
to fall. If you're constantly criticizing, condemning, seeking control, it's gonna, Jesus is gonna come back around to you with the same measure, the same standard by which you judged, you will be judged. We want health. We want healthy relationships. We want mental health. We want spiritual health. We want emotional health. We want wholeness. We want to be complete. And health and wholeness happen when we get our eyes off of others and focus on Jesus. So what's your next step? I would encourage you, I would actually challenge you to try to try this. List somewhere, just for yourself, and not, not something anybody else really needs to see, but list for yourself, what are, what, do you have any planks in your eye? Be real. Name that stuff. Name it. Write it down and own it. This is a plank in my eye. This is a this is something that that I've got. It's my it's my struggle. It's my sin. It's my not that Jesus says I'm not supposed to do. Maybe it's maybe it's being judgmental. I don't know. There's a plank. Write those planks down. Write it down. And work on those. Man, this is such an important part of self-care and self self-love. Soul care is to list those possible planks in your own eye and work on those. And then another step is, man, the next time you're tempted to judge others, ask, rather than judge, how can I be of help? Rather than judge, how can I be of help? Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to help us to grow in this relationship that 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 you've created and you've ordained for us. Help us to help us, Lord, in our in our hearts and our minds, not to judge others in this, you know, with this this idea. Lord, help us to free us from trying to be controlling. Free us from trying to have our way. Uh, always have to get our way all the time. Lord, redeem us. Lord, forgive us for that. And 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 Lord, uh, help us to re- walk in repentance. So walk the direction of life you want us to walk in. Uh, walk in a life that's entrusted to you, God, so that we can sin not and worry not and judge not. But Lord, we can trust you that you, Lord, will help us do the work of removing these planks from our eyes so that we can see clearly. And then, Lord, we would then have opportunities to help our brothers, to help our sisters, Lord, to, to, to find their way to you, to be entrusted to you, to remove the specks that are in their eyes so that we can all see clearly, wide awake to the grace and hope and love that is in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord that you remove planks and you remove specks. Thank you that it is possible to see clearly and to live wide awake. Thank you that you are our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.